Thanks for joining us for another great message from Futures Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to futures.church. And now for our message. So I want to speak to you on a very simple topic tonight. I was praying this week about what I should share with tonight. This scripture kept coming back to me out of Ecclesiastes. But I want to talk to you about the subject of kingdom timing. Who's ever experienced perfect timing in your life? Give me a wave. Who's ever experienced negative or bad timing? Who's ever been in the right place at the right time with the right people? Wave your hand. Who's ever been at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and bad things happened? It's amazing. Timing is an amazing thing. And the longer I've been a Christian to realise it, how much I don't have control of my life and really my life is in the hands of the Master. Many Christians, as we come into this 2023, in this future century. Many Christians are anxious about the future. There are the, the uncertainty that's in the economy and uh, all kinds of political things and, and, and the environment, all different things bring people an anxiety we've never seen before. In family, what's gonna happen with my study? Will I be able to purchase a house? Inflation, cost of living. Who will be my life partner? These are the questions I find. But I wanna encourage you today. Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I've found in experience and I've found in reading Scripture that God's timing is perfect. And we can walk in His favour when we put Him first in our lives. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I think it's easy for God to add things to your life. If God spoke the universe into existence, the sun, moon and stars, I think He can provide your school fees. If God spoke and created the planets in the universe, I think He can help you get a job or find a, a house to live in or purchase in this incredible market. God can do those kind of miracles. What's hard for God to find is a generation that will seek Him first. The more I seek God first, the more He continues to add things to my life. It's easy, God, to do that. But it's hard for God to find a generation who will seek Him first. But I've realised God's timing is perfect. But I don't know about you, but I get impatient. I could be driving through the McDonald's drive through and get impatient, even though it only takes two minutes. But we've got to remember God's on a different timeline. One day to God is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day, the Scriptures say. And we get frustrated when God doesn't work on our timeline. Come on, who's honest? Is that you tonight? Oh, you bunch of lies. I'm the only one with my hand raised. Because what does the Bible say? His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But you know what? God's timing is perfect. And in the book of Galatians, there's an amazing phrase that says, in the fullness of time, Jesus came. In fact, if you read Galatians 4, 4, it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Jesus Christ was born on planet Earth, the Son of God who became the Son of Man in perfect timing. He didn't come too early. He didn't come too late. He came in the fullness of time. And I want to encourage you to know whatever season you're going through, where you're going, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, or you're on the mountaintop, the best season of your life. I'm telling you, God's timing is perfect in your life. 
It says Jesus came in the fullness of time. Now, I did my New Testament survey with Pastor Greg many, many years ago. And he told us in that lecture at Bible College here at Futures, he talked about the fact that in the New Testament survey that Jesus came right on time. In fact, there was two things that happened before Jesus came. Firstly, there was the Greek world began to conquer. Alexander the Great conquered all the known world around the Mediterranean and into Asia Minor. And what did the Greeks do? They brought the same language for education and trade. So for the first time around the Mediterranean, you would sail around and the language of trade and the language of education was Greek. So you spoke your local language, maybe Parthian or, uh, or maybe um, Aramaic, but then you also spoke Greek because that was the language of trade and education. And after the, the Greeks came, the Romans come, the Italians come, they came, they saw, they conquered right through Paynham and Newton and Campbelltown. And you know what's amazing? Because when Jesus, and what happened is they brought law and order to the empire. And if you were a Roman citizen, you could travel anywhere. And when the gospel spread after the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came and the fire came and the gospel began to spread, guess what? He could travel like the internet all through the roads, all the way to Spain and to the bottom of North Africa and into Asia because God brought Jesus in the fullness of time. Not too late, not too early, just on time. God's timing is perfect in your life. As new, I just saw those wonderful people, new Christians here tonight, and I love new Christians, and new Christians seem to get their prayers answered immediately. And I don't know what it is, but as you get older, your prayers take a lot longer to be fulfilled. I don't know what the theology on that is, Pastor Greg, but it's, a, it's amazing. And we had this guy a couple of years ago, his name was Muhammad, he's from Iran, and he got saved in our church. He was doing a PhD and got radically born again. And every week, I'd, be, I'd preach the Word, I'd be shaking hands on the door afterwards and he'd come up, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, I've got a testimony. I've been praying. You know, I, I wanna finish another year, I wanna stay here as a permanent residence. Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, I've got my answer to prayer, my visa, I've got a permanent residency here in Australia. I'm so thankful to the Lord. Oh, that's fantastic, Marvin. Then the next week, I'd be there shaking hands on the door. He'd come again, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, you wouldn't believe it. I've been praying for some accommodation and I've been, and I found a house share. It's the right price in the right suburb just in my workplace. Thank God Jesus answers my prayer. That's awesome, Mohammed. Then the next week, He's always got a testimony. He's like, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, you wouldn't believe it. I've been praying for a part-time job while I finish off my PhD. And guess what? God gave me the right job at the right times at the right pay at the right hours. I'm like, that's awesome, Muhammad. And the next week, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, I've got another testimony. I've been praying for a vehicle and someone after church last week gave me their, their, their Nissan Pulsar, a second-hand car. I've got a car now. Isn't God good? Oh, that's fantastic, Muhammad. Then the next week, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, I'm praying for a wife. I said, hang on, Muhammad. We need to get some discipleship going here before that happens. But isn't it amazing that God's ear is inclined, but sometimes we get mature in our faith and we think God is slow. Delay is not denial to your prayers. But guess what? God is old and slow. He's the ancient of days. But understanding the principle of God's kingdom time will take a lot of frustration and give you more faith and hope in your life. Let me read a scripture to you. Ecclesiastes 3, verse one. We're gonna read a long passage of scripture, so bear with me tonight, because I know that Futures Church loves the Word. Is that true? Verse one says, For everything there is a season, every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down 
and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. That's what's happening tonight. My wife's a minimalist, a minimalist, and every time I go away, I just find things missing out of my wardrobe. You know that like Maria Kondo saying, does this give you joy? My wife's never given me joy and she just throws things out straight away. A time to search, a time to quit searching, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Verse nine, what do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. You know, some God's working right now, perfect timing in your life. And you just see it from this level right here. But God sees your life from the beginning all the way to the end. When I was a youth pastor serving this church, back then I had hair, long hair. Back in the 80s, you could have a perm and, and blonde streak through it. It's called when mullets were cool the first time around, okay. But when I was back here, 1990, I didn't even think I'd be doing the things I am today because God sees my life from the beginning to the end. We just see it right here, right now. And maybe you're frustrated. Well, God's timing is perfect in your life. Keep trusting Him. Keep believing. Keep seeking Him. We have a church in Hong Kong. It's in the suburb of Wan Chai. It's on the 77th floor of the Central Plaza. You have to go up three uplifts, but it's an awesome. It's a glass pyramid at the top there. And it's amazing because on a good day, you can see right into China. It's an amazing view. In fact, Lonely Planet says it's the best view in Hong Kong for free. You can be preaching in our church and Japanese tourists come out, start taking photos in the middle of your sermon. But I love it because when you're up there, you have a whole different perspective of the city than when you're on street level. Verse 12 says, so I concluded, there's nothing better but to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. That's what we're gonna do tonight with Filipino food. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labour for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that we should fear Him. What has happened now has happened before. And what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. You know, there's a lot of prophets of doom out there right now, but we're living in the most incredible season ever on the planet. Life expectancy has never been so great. The lifestyle that we have has never been so great. You think, Paul, but the world's bad. Yes, the world's always been bad and God's always been good as believers. See, kingdom timing is powerful. You think about the life of Joseph. As a teenager, he has a dream about his future. Credible dream as a teenager. He tells his brothers and they don't get excited about it. They wanna murder him, they wanna kill him. It's the opposite direction of where the dream should be going. He gets betrayed, he gets sold as a slave to Potiphar's house. But God's favour is upon Joseph in that house and, and he trusts God with the vision of his life. And next thing he's running the whole household for Potiphar, the favour of God's upon him. But Potiphar's wife has the hots for him and she tries to approach him and he resists her sexual advances. So she, calls, she accuses him of, of sexual assault and he gets put into prison. And in prison, he uses his, he's got a gift of administration, a great gift from God. And instead of whinging and complaining in there, he starts saying to the prison officers, hey, why don't you just go and watch the, the football tonight? Port's gonna lose, why don't you go and watch them? And uh, why don't, we're gonna, I'll run the prison for you. And he starts running the prison. 
He's just using his gift for God. And then he interprets some prisoners' dreams and he says, don't forget me. And then they get back to the palace to Pharaoh and three years later, they forget all about Joseph and, and Pharaoh has a dream and suddenly they go, we know a guy interprets dreams. The spirit of the gods is upon him and he interprets Pharaoh's dreams and, and then he becomes prime minister of all of Egypt. And then, you know, he does this, the seven years of, of plenty and they save up the grain so they can save the world, the seven years of famine. And then finally, his brothers come and bow down before him and he forgives. It's an amazing story. But it's all about kingdom timing. If, God, if that dream as a teenager had come to pass about ruling Egypt, the second most powerful man in the world, he didn't have the character. He didn't have the resilience. He didn't have the experience to do that. Some, see, sometimes we think, oh, God gives us a dream, so we'll go A to B. So you think, okay, God spoke to me to drive from Adelaide to Sydney. So we just think we get in the car and drive that Sydney. But God takes you via Tasmania, Brazil, Antarctica, Finland, Azerbaijan. He just goes all over the place till you get there. Because it's not just about the destination, it's about who you become on the journey. The kingdom timing is powerful. Think about David. He's anointed to be king by Samuel. He was looking after the sheep, being faithful, the small things. He defeats Goliath, but he's still not ready to be king. He then plays the harp for King Saul. He lives in the palace, but he's not the king. Then the king gets jealous of him. He has to flee. And for years, he's living as a fugitive in the wilderness. And then finally, I think it's 28 years after he's anointed to be king, he finally becomes king. But he's able to handle the dream and the destiny that God has for him. You can think about Daniel, Peter, Paul, Esther. They all had kingdom timing in their life. I wanna coach you today. Kingdom timing is powerful. I remember years ago, actually, in this building, I brought six buses of young people from Brisbane to a conference here in this church. And um, we had a new Christian there, just come off drugs, he'd just broken up with his girlfriend. And in this very meeting, Tommy Barnett was preaching in this building and he had a little dream about starting his own company. So we went home and over the next three years, he made 285 skateboards and everyone wasn't the right one until finally went from timber to plastics and and then his sister's name was Penny, who invited him to church and he got saved. And he named Penny Skateboards after. It took three to five years. And now he's a multimillionaire doing incredible things for the kingdom of God. In fact, last time I brought Reggie Dabbs to Brisbane, he, he rang me up and said, Paul, are you still bringing Reggie Dabbs? I said, yeah, he goes, I'll pay for the building. How much does it cost to hire? I said, 50,000. It'll be on your desk tomorrow. But you know, what? sometimes we don't realise God's timing is perfect. You know, uh, we, we're believing to plant a church in India for 10 years. One of my staff is Indian born. He's got dual citizenship, Australian and India. And he said, Paul, I really want to plant a church in India. I said, I do too. And I said, I said, I don't think you're ready. You think it's tough planting a church here in Australia? I think it's going to be another level, Sanjay, when you go to India. And every year we pray about it. And, he, and then he was the youth pastor. Then he was the Bible college principal. Then he planted one of the campuses. Then he became the Bible college principal and one of the main campus pastors. Then he became on the vision and the eldership team. 10 years later, one day we're in a prayer meeting and I felt the Holy Spirit say, it's time to plant the church in Mumbai. And he turned to me and said, I think it's time. And I said, I think you've got the spiritual authority to do it. And they went five years ago and planted that church and it's flourishing in Mumbai. But sometimes we wanna, well, God speaks to us and we think it's gonna happen now. But God's timing is perfect. But I find many Christians give up before they see the fulfillment of their dreams and their promises. Galatians 6, 9 says this, so let's not get tired, Futures Church, of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. So I wanna encourage you to say, maybe there's a dream you think, oh, that's never gonna happen. Maybe 20 years ago, God spoke to you about starting a business or something about family. I don't know what it is, but I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna 
Breathe upon the coals of your heart tonight and ignite that dream, ignite that prophetic promises. There's people here tonight, you're gonna go home tonight, pull out old prophetic words, pull out old scriptures, you're gonna begin to pray over them and breathe over them again because delay is not denial. God's kingdom timing is perfect. If you believe that, give God a clap of praise tonight, amen. So tonight I'm just gonna give you a couple of keys on kingdom timing if you're taking notes tonight. Number one is this. Some people are so future focused, they're paralyzed for today. Ever meet a total dreamer lost in the future, but right now they're no earthly good? They're always telling you they're gonna do it. Gonna do that one day, gonna do that one day, gonna do it. You know, I've got, I've got some, I've had, we've sent many missionaries to the nations, but I've got some guys who've been telling me for years, they can't serve in kids' church, can't serve in the, the ushering team, can't serve in the music team because they're waiting to go to India. I've sent three missionaries to India since then. They're still sitting on the back row waiting for God to do something in their life. What does Ecclesiastes say? Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your mind. I'm too busy to be in the kids' church team, Pastor Paul. I'm too busy to serve in the worship team. I'm too busy to serve coffees in the cafe because I'm waiting for God to open up the door for me to be a missionary to the nations. When we, David looked after the sheep, the small things. And then when he was faithful in the small things, God graduated him to, to play the harp in, in um, Saul's palace. And then, then he was a few, God's timing is perfect. You see, what's amazing is this, is that sometimes we focus so much on the destination, we don't enjoy the journey getting there. God's not just interested in you getting to the goal, He's interested in who you become as a Christian on the journey. We have lots of leaders, we need some Christian leaders. I remember years ago, Joe and I decided that we'd go to a conference in Sydney from Brisbane. And I calculated, I love I loved road trips. Who's a road, who loves road trips? Who hates road trips? My wife's in your category, okay. And so I decided, I, I worked it out that from Brisbane to Sydney, I could do it in 11 hours and three quarters, 11 hours, three quarters. I'd worked out the place where I'd stop for fuel, have a 10 minute drink for drink and bathroom. And I'd worked it all out. And it was just before we had Google Maps. This is when you had real maps. This is when marriages could be over when you have a discussion in that front seat. And so sure enough, we start, the only thing I didn't calculate that Joe was seven and a half months pregnant. So we drove down to, to Brisbane to the Gold Coast and I, my first stop is not till Lismore, which is four hours in. And she goes, I gotta go to the bathroom. I said, no, you don't. She goes, yes, I do. I'm seven and a half months pregnant. I go, I haven't go to the bathroom. So I'm not, I haven't even made it to the Gold Coast. We're stopping at the BP. And I'm like, hey, we're going to get, I have to go fast. I'm going to have to get, I've got a, I've got a goal to meet. I've got to go. And she gets back in the car and I'm, and I'm just smiling on the outside, but a little bit frustrated on the inside. We get past the Gold Coast and we're heading towards Kingscliff and she goes, I've got to go to the bathroom again. Actually, I'm hungry, Paul. I need to stop and eat something. I'm like, no, we don't. We've got a goal. We're going to get there in 11, three quarter hours, the Parramatta. We're going to head down there. And she says, I need to go. And so we stopped again. And, and now I'm getting, I'm smiling on the outside, but getting quite angry on the inside. She goes in, she's, she's in the shop, she couldn't decide what she was gonna eat. And then she went to the bathroom and come back, we lost her another 15 or 20 minutes. And she says, now I don't want you to speed in the carpool, you gotta slow down here. And I'm smiling on the outside, but I am furious on the inside. Cause another hour later she goes, at Lismore, we need to stop and I need to go to the bathroom. She gets back in the car, she goes, Paul, you need to change your attitude. I hate it when she's right. She goes, You've got to change your attitude. I said, what do you mean? She says, don't worry about it. She goes, you, you're looking at this all wrong. This could take, this trip could take 15, 16, 18 hours. That's 18 incredible hours you get to speak to your lovely wife and have fellowship and have a good time together. You just need to change. You need to enjoy the journey and not just think about the destination. What you are doing right now in your life may not be your ultimate destination. 
Your job may not be your dream job, but be thankful for the job you've got. The house you're living in may not be your dream house, but be thankful for the house that God has given you right now. Your wife is the one that you need to spend the rest of your life with, by the way. Maybe the course you're doing at uni. Finish it. Honour your parents. You may not even do that work in that field, but at least you did something and accomplished something and learned some skills, some stickability and resilience so you can take it to the next step of your life. I wanna encourage you today. My, uh, I'm, I'm amazed. How my, my dad at 38 years of age, we're about to become teenage boys. He was a um, real estate agent, cabinet maker by trade, and he felt God say, spend more time with your kids. At 38, he went back to teacher's college, took a whole big drop in his pay just so he could be retrained and do a different career so he can have more time with the kids. Sometimes things aren't the way we plan them to be, but God's timing is perfect. Some people are so future focused, they're paralyzed for today. Second thing about kingdom timing is some people are so focused on the now, they have no vision for the future. Ever met someone like that? The book of Proverbs says, without vision, people perish. Without vision, people cast off restraint. Without vision, people dwell carelessly. We are living in a generation plagued with this mentality. Well, I'll never be able to buy a house. I'm just going to party now and eat avocado on toast. Oh, I'm not one. One of the most saddest things I saw last year was a protester from one of the climate groups with a pram covered in blood. And she says, it's child abuse to bring a child into this world because of what's going to happen to the environment. That's just fear. So focused on the now, they can't have any dreams for the future. This generation party now because we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I wanna encourage you, God's got your future. And if you'll seek Him, He'll make a pathway for you. Uh, yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm amazed our church has been going 9, 10 years and people have been grown up in our church, get saved in our church, find their wife or their husband in our church and they get married overnight, they turn old. They wanted to save the world. Now the highlight of their weekend is going to Bunnings and buying a letterbox. God's got a plan for your life. You know the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. For you may not know the plan, but God knows the plans He has for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. And I'm telling you, if you're over 60 here tonight, your best days are ahead, not behind. I used to come here to youth and young adults quite often and Pastor Tommy Evans used to come up to youth sometimes. We'd say, Pastor Tommy, what are you doing? You should be at the seniors. He'd go, I'm not going to seniors, there's old people there. He was in his 90s. Pastor Tommy was, uh, I think he was uh, diagnosed with cataracts that so couldn't be operated on. They said, you need to slow down, stop preaching, you won't be able to read your Bible. And well, you know what he did in his 90s? He enrolled himself in the Royal South Australian School of the Blind to learn Braille so he could keep on reading his Bible and keep on preaching the Word. Have you got a vision for your future? You say, I haven't got one. Well, hey, ask God and he, He's got plans for you. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, it's impossible to please God without faith. For anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. God has a vision for your future. You know, my um, PA a couple of years ago told me the story that his great-grandma, she was 90, wanted to buy a brand new television because her television blew up. And she had an older television. She said she loved watching the Big Bash. She loved the cricket every summer. She said, Matthew, would you come to JB Hi-Fi and help me buy a television? She wants an 80-inch massive one, right? And there's this little 16-year-old pimply-faced salesperson selling her the TV and he's trying to tell her, sell her the three-year extended warranty for the TV. 
And Matt's trying to politely say to his great-grandmother, his 90 great-grandmother, it comes free with a one-year warranty. Do you really need the three-year extra warranty? And she was disgusted. She said, I want a five-year extended warranty. And she paid for it all up front. They had a big argument in the middle of the store. And, and then she died six years later at 96. She had vision at least for the next five years more than her great-grandson. Keys on Kingdom Time, number three. Some people are so focused on the past that they miss the now opportunity. Let me say this again. Some people are so focused on the past, they miss the opportunity God has in front of them. I see this all the time in church. Christians missing God's kingdom opportunity, God's kingdom timing because of past hurt. They're stuck in 2004 when that pastor let them down. Stuck in unforgiveness in 1996 when their husband left them. Offence, failure, sin. So stuck in something that happened yesterday, their hands, are free, their hands are tied to the past, not free to open the new doors of opportunity that are before them. Let me read what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3.12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. What is he saying? I was saved for a purpose. Verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Forgetting the past, forgetting what is behind. See, unless you let go of the past, your hands free to can't receive the new chapter in your life. Some of you need to close some doors Ask God to help you forgive. Ask God to help you move on so that you can receive the now opportunity. Forget fear, press on in faith. Forget rejection, press on. You have a redeemer. Forget your sin, because guess what? Now you've found a saviour. Forget your disappointment, press on. God's given you a destiny. Forget your persecution, press on and live for Jesus with a passion. Forget your misery, come on, God's got wonderful mercy. Forget your failures, press on. God is always faithful. Forget discouragement, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Forget betrayal, press on. Our God is not a man that He should lie. His promises are yes and amen. Forget opposition. Press on, God's given you divine opportunity. Forget the pandemic. Press on, God's got a greater purpose for us. Forget the past and press on into your God-given future. It's so important. There's some people tonight, your pain is real. Your rejection is real. Your brokenness is real. But just like Joseph and David, allow the Spirit of God Allow the God of God to pierce deep into your spirit and heart and bring healing and wholeness. So you're not stuck back in 2007. You're living a great life in 2023 and beyond. Can I have an amen today? Last thing is this, if the musicians could come wherever they are, saw them. Oh, there you are, excellent. Fantastic. Good, what's your name? Kenny. Awesome, Kenny. Fantastic. Are you single too? Okay, good, excellent, great. Last one is this. Everything we do now is preparation for tomorrow's destiny. My dad was a school teacher and we used to have these really boring talks in our home about life lessons. Everything was a life lesson. I love school teachers, by the way. And um, 
One time, my dad would encourage me to do everything, be in the brass band, play in the sporting team, be in the student council. And I went to a government school all my way through school, primary school, high school. And one time I got this letter and it had this really long name on it and it just looked boring. I was invited by the principal to be part. I went to a rural high school in a country town, 2,000 people, 10,000 cows. And so sure enough, we were asked, and I, and I just looked at it and it looked boring, so I put it in the round filing cabinet, put it in the bin. My dad comes to my office, my, my study, and pulls out and goes, well, this looks good, Paul. This looks like a very good experience. You could learn some things about this. And he goes, you know, it's about kids coming from all over the country, going down to Melbourne and having a talk about how education can be better in regional communities. And, and, and he says, you get three free trips to Melbourne every year. Well, I didn't hear about the education. I heard about three free Melbourne trips and I signed up. And I remember going, is this a talk fest where you talk about stuff? I did it three times that year in year nine. At the end of the year, at the school assembly, I got a green photocopied certificate. It said, Paul Geeling has qualified and finished a participation and equity program for Victoria. I think it was 1986 or something like that, okay? And I remember putting in the file. Well, years later, I'm here. I'm, I'm just finished Bible college. I'm at Flinders University and Pastor Ashley calls me in the office and said, Paul, um, there's a chaplaincy going at Windsor Gardens High School up the road here and I think you should apply for it. I said, I don't want to be a chaplain. He goes, no, I think you should. There's never been a Pentecostal chaplain in South Australia and I think you could be the first one. And I said, no, I don't think I should, Ashley. That'd be great. He said, pray about it. All week, I could hear God and Ashley speaking. That's very scary. And I came out the next week and said, okay, Ashley, I'll apply. If, if God wants me to get it, I'll get it. Now, back then I had an electric typewriter. I didn't even have a word processor. I look back now, I had spelling mistakes. And when you're 18 or 19 going for a job, there's nothing to put in your resume. I'm putting in first aid certificates for St. John's and I'm putting in footy, footy team photos. I'm putting in every kind of thing. And I remember going for the interview and, and I even looked at, oh, there's the participation equity program. Put that in there as well. And I remember being at the, um, the job interview at Windsor Gardens and the lady was, uh, there was two, a Catholic minister and a, a Lutheran minister and a United Church minister. And the principal, she, she, was a, she wasn't a Christian, but she was a lovely lady. And, um, and so it, the interview was not going well. Because uh, the Catholic priest said, oh, how much study have you done? I said, none. <laughs> and then um, the Lutheran said, well, you're a little bit young, you know. I said, well, yeah, so was Jesus and the disciples were young. And, and, um, but the interview is going down. And then finally, the unsaved principal's looking through my very short resume. And she goes, oh, the participation and equity program. Paul, were you involved in that program? I said, oh, I love that program. She goes, do you know this program, we had it here in South Australia, and I coordinated it for South Australia. We had kids from the Riverland and kids from the different parts out the peninsula, Air Peninsula, and, and from the flu, they all come up. And she, I ran that program for three years. It was fantastic. We get them all together. We talk about how we could deliver education better to the regional areas. And she turns to the Catholic priest and the Lutheran minister in the United Church and says, on this alone, I'm employing Paul right here, right now. Everything in the past can be preparation for now. You know, I say to my son all the time, clean up your room. Preparation for the future. Your wife doesn't want to see all your jocks and socks on the floor. He goes, Dad, it's a horizontal wardrobe. I'm protecting the carpet so mum doesn't have to vacuum. Come on, finish that degree. Finish that apprenticeship. Pay off that loan. Everything now is preparation for the next season of God's destiny in your life. Everything that I've done as a teenager, working in my dad's small business, where did my people skills were learned in that business every Saturday, every Thursday night, working for my dad in a small country town, going in sporting teams, being involved in Bible college and university, being a, a, a small group leader in this church, in, in young adults and then in teenagers, being a youth pastor, washing the windows of that stupid foyer out there for two years for pay my college fees.
being a school chaplain, a youth pastor, a new Christians pastor, children's pastor, youth alive director, all these things in my life were preparing me for the moment that I'm living in right now. So young person tonight, don't shortcut God's destiny. Don't take the easy pathway. God's timing is perfect. The last point is this. God's kingdom timing, you've got to be at the right place at the right time with the right people and the right attitude and the right things happen. At the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they're on one accord in one place. 500 people witnessed Jesus go to heaven. He said, go in Jerusalem and wait for me. Some of them got sick and tired of waiting. They got sick and tired of coming to church and small group and youth on Friday. They just got sick and tired. There's better things on TV. There was something to watch on streaming on Netflix. And by the time that that day came, there was only 120 left, 381 in the room. But the Bible says they were at the right place and one accord and right place at one time. And the Holy Spirit came like a rushing wind and an individual flame of fire came upon every believer. And that day the church was birthed. And Peter preached his first message and 3,000 people were saved and the church exploded. You can be in the right place at the right time. You find the right partner if you're in the right place. Better be in church than at the bar of the football club. Christ had this attitude. God brings the right people together for the right seasons and the right relationships. Attitude is so important to having a fulfilling and successful life in the kingdom. And I wanna encourage you tonight. There's people here, you're frustrated with where you're at. There's anxiety. You think, oh, th there's some people here tonight, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me in worship. You're, you're between 40 and 50. And you thought, I, I thought I would have achieved more than this right now. I wanna encourage you. You might've heard of an evangelist called Corrie Temboom. She, the called The Hiding Place was written after her. Her sister and her father died in the, in the prison of war camps in Germany. She was hiding Jews. She was a Dutch person. You know, she never started her ministry till she was in her 60s. She became Europe's greatest evangelist, bringing reconciliation and forgiveness all over Europe after World War II. You can't, your greatest days are ahead. Don't think, don't live in the past. Look forward to the future. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. 
You know what? Maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.